This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via other participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and time supply, see mcdonalds.com. to another edition of Forever Bristol City podcast. We're into the Liam Manning ball era. Uh, it started, I'll call it Loftus Road yesterday, uh, a nil-nil draw against a pretty appalling QPR side, it has to be said. Um, I, I think they've only won one game at home this calendar year, which is utterly atrocious. Uh, I'm joined by my regulars, uh, Mark and uh, Ian, and we'll go through the game and talk about what we think about the first week under uh, under Lear and that decision, uh, etc. Uh, I'll come to you first, uh, Mark. Um, what, are you, what, what, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts being on the week? You know, how are you feeling? You know, two games unbeaten we are now, for goodness sake. Yeah, haven't conceded a goal. Let's try and be positive. What do you think? Uh, well, let's look at the positive first. Defensively, we look really, we look really strong. Uh, Dicky and Viner were outstanding in the centre, headed and volleyed away everything. Uh, that was put in front of them, was mostly put in front of them and blocked everything. Dickie going forward was a, was a threat at times as well. So that's a, that's a positive. The week, um, you know, a, a, bit, a big changeover in getting a, a player who, who looks like your son rather than your dad uh, was, quite, was quite a shock. With young Liam Manning being much more of a, a textbook coach rather than uh, than a manager. So he's got a complete departure from Nigel Pearson. And I think fans will have to take a lot of time in getting used to him. If you look, if you're just judging everything on his demeanour and his interviews, I think that's a bit unfair. Give the guy, give the guy time because he's a complete departure from Pearson and what we've had before. On the pitch, we looked frightened. Uh, we, looked, we, played, we played with the, with the brakes on. It looked like two relegation teams and an utterly appalling game of of, of championship football. No oh, incident yeah. apart from the the first. Stop! Stop there! Look, there's so few incidents. Don't bring him in in your pre. In no, your no, pre- no. I'm just going to say. I'm just going to say. Apart from the first minute and the last ten minutes, there was nothing really to talk about. That's what I'll say generally. Yeah. All right. Okay, Ian, your uh, your 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 thoughts uh, on where we are and just a brief. Synopsis. Positives were we got a point away from home. We kept a clean sheet. 
Uh, Manning saw 90 minutes of reality. You can look at videos and uh, training and see how people are, et cetera, et cetera. But that was 90 minutes of reality. I think the team played played for him. They tried hard. Nobody down tools. They all put a shift in. Uh, he got his substitutions absolutely right. And the defence was excellent. Uh, on the downside, it was a dreadful game of football. It wasn't the worst City performance I've ever seen, but it was one of the worst games of football I've ever seen. Uh, no shooting. We didn't create any chances. Toothless up front, lack quality, tempo and pace. Poor service to the forwards, which is normal. Poor final ball, which is normal. Um, passes were either not hit, under hit or over hit. And our movement off the ball was absolutely dreadful. So... Um, but I thought the commitment was good. Finishing well, was non-existent. Crossing until the last 10 minutes was uh, was poor or non-existent. Final ball, uh, not very not very good. In fact, terrible. Shooting, I'd give a zero out of 10 for. Uh, passing a four or attack, I'd give us one out of 10. So it was a it was a game to forget. But he's now got 14 games at uh, 14 days. To put something a lot better on the table for the Middlesbrough game. Yeah. So, and, so and that's, think, sorry. That's, that's what that that's what I'd expect him to do. It. I mean, if I saw the same eleven start against Middlesbrough, then I'd be concerned. All right. But okay. I mean, I, I'm not too. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm not too despondent. I mean, in you know, people forget. I looked up some old stuff. I I, I wrote, and there was one particular season. There was twelve. Unaccept totally unacceptable performances under Pearson. So let's give the it's one game. Give the bloke a chance. That's right. I mean, I think there's been a bit of overreaction on OTIB where people saying worst game. No, of the year. Eh? no, no. Yeah. there can't be. Yeah, yeah. No. Anyway, overreaction. No. Worst game for two years, um, and all the rest of it. It wasn't a good game. It wasn't a good game at all. But you know, it's a start. Um, you made a point there, Mark, about. Uh, Liam looking down at the ground rather than looking at the uh, um, interviewer in the eye. Yeah, I mean, that comes with uh, some media training. So I'm sure we've got some in-house experts that can deal with that. But uh, we'll talk about that uh, uh, later on. Um, sticking with you, Mark, the, the team, there were sort of howls that um, Taylor Gardner-Haskins, I'm going to call him now from now on just to be a twat, Taylor Gardner Haskins uh, was dropped, and in came the forgotten man of Ashton Gate, Anis Mametti. Uh, were you surprised at that inclusion? Rumor has it that um, Liam wanted him at, at, um, at Oxford, but he, he, he failed his audition, and it was a prize inclusion from the start, wasn't it? Yeah, I think, you know, it was given Anis a perfect opportunity to prove the doubters wrong. But unfortunately, he did everything he'd done in previ previous games, showed no movement, uh, no aggression uh, attacking uh, his, attacking the, the fullback who had him in his pocket. Uh, defensively, he just got brushed aside. I think he needs if he's, he needs to if he needs to play at all, he needs the ball in, in space to, to run into mm. um, because at the moment 
he he just looks like a player who's he's on he's on his way out of Ashton Gate. He just doesn't look strong enough uh, in a, in attacking phases or de, or defensive phases. In fact, it looks a liability because if we're pressing forward uh, and he loses the ball, then it's going you know the ball's going to be behind going to be behind him. If the uh, you know if the, if the left back or the left sided player behind him uh, is is too tight, then there'll be acres of space to attack down that side because he's just too he's too lightweight. I mean, I described Ron Bristol as being as strong as an empty crisp packet because that's what he was uh sadly so and, he and had every opportunity time, yeah. to do something and he, and he completely failed it one time in the second half that he looked like he was going to break away he tried to buy a foul and referee our good friend mr Eltringham, would have uh would have none of it Yes. Well, so... Kakai just, Kalkai, Kakai, whatever his name was, he just fell, he fell down, slipped in the area, and the ball may have just brushed his arm. It wasn't a penalty, but mm. he, he should have done better. He just got stuck again. He had a player on another city player with him. That wasn't very, very good because really he should have dropped off to create a space mm. to play him into. But it was just completely messed up again. And of course, if they, if they had have uh, exited exited that properly, QPR, then they could have started another attack. So all that we are, we're crying out for is a penalty that's never going to get given, but it's just an, another attacking phase that, that's gone. Yeah. Poor, Ian, poor your, thoughts, your thoughts when you saw the lineup and the, the, the uh, Mimetti inclusion and his performance overall? I mean, that looks like a million quid down the pan, doesn't it, really? First of all, it's not a million pound. I mean, it, it might add up to a million pound if he did everything that he was tasked to do with the add-ons uh, and he's clearly not going to do that. Um, so I think it'd probably be closer to 400,000 or even 500,000 um, at the moment. And we haven't paid all that yet. So I wouldn't get too exercised about that. Um, <laughs> he's no, I, he looked to me, I said he looked every inch of league one player. Andy Byman, I think his legs are gone. Um because he played in his favoured position yesterday and he didn't do a thing. So when he made exactly the right, uh, if you're going to give Manning some stick, he gave made exactly the right substitutions. Um, I would I would have made them earlier at half time, but he made them. And after that, our, we improved. I mean, we improved we from a very, very low level. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, now, can I just clear up something that's coming in on the comments about um, Alan Alan Payne said, um, are we seriously any better than when Nige took over? Well, you'd have to blame your mate Nige for that because Nige approved every single... I had final say on every single player that's come in. All right, so let's just put that out there. Um Perhaps people can understand why Nice didn't play him. I don't think too many people were clamouring for Mimetti's inclusion, although Sam Bell hasn't been great. Um, so, and he's been called uh, into the England elite squad this well, week, if, hasn't he? Yeah, so called. Well, if you if you if you um, contrast and compare Mimetti's performance to Smythe for QPR, it was light years apart. I mean, Smythe. Gave Campering probably his toughest game of the season. I'd agree with that. Well, certainly, say that. Yeah, yeah. So, so certainly one of them, and that's what you want from a wide player. Um, are our wide players particularly quick? Uh, I know. I don't think any of our forwards are quick. Um, yeah. They're quick enough at times, 
but they're not quick yeah so he will have seen he, he, he will have seen that what will concern me as i said is if in 14 days time we don't line up better and we don't play better that will that then at that point i'll say well hang on a minute what's, what's going on yeah yeah no i mean as you say about pace you're absolutely right about cam he was given a tough time by uh Smythe. uh he had a couple of nibbles at him before the referee quite rightly put him uh in the book but again you know if we're saying we were bad qpr were absolutely appalling and i know uh tony thorpe who i thought was a good uh, co-commentator he made a comment i think one of their lads put in a cross late on and it was park standard it really really wasn't good at all but let, let's uh, get into the action and as you started to say mark it looked a very bright start um we powered down towards the home fans end and um shot saved by begovic from sites but you're thinking hello after a minute is this the shape of things to come but it was um a little bit of a false horizon wasn't it that early attack yeah great it was a great press by james and near pressing we were we, i mean man in man in favor is a high press and there, there was there was lots of it <clears throat> um and you thought we were starting as we meant to go on because james i think it was Colback, turned the ball over from Colback. Charged into into the into the middle, flip, flip uh, pushed the ball to Sykes wide, and it was a half shot, half cross, but it should have counted as a shot on target. He didn't really get any power into it, and then when it came back out to Sykes, he was blocked, so he tried to back heel it, but it went to a QPR player, and the attack the attack was over. But in, in the first half, we were getting four, five, six bodies. You could see them across the pitch, and it was quite a, a tight pitch. Yeah. trying to close down there was lots of energy in our press um re retaining the ball was poor but our press looked good we didn't we didn't uh we didn't turn the ball over from that press a lot but we did press quite high i think you know that'll be a work in progress and we probably you know over time we probably will win the ball back because obviously you've got to be be aggressive and a high press sometimes going to leave you a little bit exposed at the back it probably means the defense are going to play have to play higher up to squeeze the space to the halfway line and try and catch you know your opponent's offside but yeah lots of energy in the first few minutes but that was about it really for the it first was. half <laughs> no it was i mean ian i've got here I've, I've got very few notes on the first half at all really but uh 23 minutes mametti on the ball gave it to sykes as I say sykes i thought from the last international break has come back quite strong but sykes had uh uh mametti to give a return pass to or cornick but he uh, sykes fluffed that and then we had a free kick in a good uh, position. Mametti, you know, we, we get a lot of balls from goals from dead ball situations. And I said, I must apologise because I was sort of saying, what does Pat Mountain do? So all those uh, dead ball situations that we do get something from, probably down to him. This was a free kick. It, it, that summed up the first half, doesn't it? You know, lots of, lots of effort, but no quality. There was no quality, more or less, throughout the ninety minutes. From twenty, uh, which is why I, which from is why I said it was sorry. From but from all twenty-two players, it was a poor advertisement. Oh yeah, well the only, the only player I'd, I'd look out there and thought I wouldn't mind seeing him in a city shirt was the right winger, Smite. Yeah. Um, he he looked a good player. It looked like he had a bit of it, bit of an attitude, but perhaps you need a bit of an attitude mm. to uh, do what he did. I mean, uh, once again, somebody's made a really good point on there. Uh, Matthew, uh, there was never going to be big changes for the first game. You'll have to give 
five games before we see change. Yeah, and I think that's probably fair. We can see improvement, gradual improvement along the way, uh, which is what I want to see. Uh, but uh, things like picking on the bloke for looking down at issues in an interview, I mean, is that where we are? You know, well, he's saying he's not, you know, he's, he's, he's got the wrong jumper on next. I mean, yeah. yes, it, it's not a great, it's not a great look, but I, I really do want a tactician, a strategist, um, a manager who is, who is going to make meaningful change over a period of time. So I'm watching much more entertaining football. I, you know, I don't want a stand up comedian um, or a, a politician. I, I just, and, and he'll gain confidence with that. I mean, this is his biggest job. For people forget this is his biggest job by a mile, and it's going to take him a while to uh, get into it. But like, like you said, why, little... I mean, we're, we're often accused on here of being negative. But I've just said, look, you know, it's one game. That's because people don't know the difference between negative and realistic. Well, yeah, it's not negative. It's not negative. It's not negative or positive. That is this pragmatic and realistic. You can only. I, I don't expect us. You know, Manning's here. I don't expect us to go on a ten-game winning streak. Right, because it hadn't happened over the last two and a half years, so why should it? Right, Mark, Mark you're uh, right. Let's you, look you, going, going back to the first half. Away. I mean, what was quite interesting, you probably saw this, and all the viewers saw this, is QPR were like the away team. So, what would happen? It was following a familiar pattern in the first half. City would get they, they would let City have the ball in their own half, and we would we would plod forward. So, you've got Pring and yeah. and Tanner playing pin to the right yeah. side. <clears throat> and then you've got Mimetti and Vyman on the other side. Mostly we're try we were trying to go down the left. I don't I think you saw hardly saw Tanner going down the right at all. So it's a familiar pattern. James getting the ball going going sideways to uh Pring to, trying to find Mimetti. Mimetti's actually pinned to to uh to the wing and we'd lose the ball. We, because there was no movement at all. QPR were just set set in their positions. And because there was no movement from the City team, sideways, 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 nobody coming, dropping out to take to, to play a one-two, nobody prepared to carry to carry the ball forward. It was a very much fear and slow plodding and then back 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 to the, the, the back four again. And it over and over and over. And it was only the end of the first half when City began to lose the ball. And I think Kenneth Powell was quite effective. Their left their left back and Willock on the left. They started winning a few free kicks. But City were so comfortable for the first 35 minutes. But like I said, it just followed with that familiar pattern. QPR were happy to wait for us to cough the ball up. Which uh, and then we did when yeah. we did that at the end of the first half in on their left side then they created some chances. And that was the first half. Yeah. Ian, for me, the, uh, QPR started the second half better. That Smythe, as you said, good good player. Uh, strong driving run into the box, shot wide. And then Pringy got that uh, booking for just one too many fouls. But for me, the decisive moment really was on was on the hour when he made those two substitutions and it, it 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 did make a difference. I did feel sorry for Tommy Conway as well, who came off about 10 minutes later with uh, Harry Cornick coming on and Conway, a couple of people picked up. I don't know what, who these body language experts are, but there was the uh, pick uh, the, the video of the players in, uh, in, in the auditorium being briefed by Manning. And some people said, Oh, Tommy Conway hadn't read the memo. He looked like he'd swallowed a wasp or something like that. But the second half, those substitutions were good, 
although you felt they could even have happened at half time well they should have happened at the start of the game i mean if we'd have started uh with the 11 that finished we, we i think we probably won the game uh but we didn't and he, he made a mistake in doing that uh but he's only had two sessions to work with the team two or three sessions to work with the team and you're not going to get cosmic change in that time um but certain things become clear as some people have said on the comments on here we need to play with two strikers uh i don't think it's uh, conway and bell unless we start playing a lot more football but when uh conway and cornick until naki's fit and when naki's fit you can either go naki and cornick or um conway and naki um Tommy's not getting any service. And as I said the other week, having Tommy on our side is a little bit like having a Rolls-Royce engine in a lawnmower. It, it, it's just, he's wasted. Um, and hopefully he'll have learnt from what he did yesterday. Um, I think the um, the comments by Tony Thorpe on RTV were absolutely, absolutely spot on. Um, it, he's... You know, I mean, he's not tied to the club in any way. Like, you know, when they get the, the Can We Club on there, you know, Ali Hines and um, who's the other fellow, Trevor Chalice. You know, can can we can can we get get in the book? Can we get across? Can we get wide? And now can he can it? Now he's now he's on the ball. Can he give it back? And can he? Oh dear God! So uh, I, you know, I I I wasn't looking for cosmic change and a few people are saying well you know we're going to win four nil and stuff like this i don't think it was ever going to happen because we're just not scoring goals so that is something well, it well, is that, that, that is... end of the pitch that he needs to um that he needs to work on uh you know but the the issue is not only in the final third let's not just sit down and blame the forwards the, the formation with with basically two wide players in a center forward doesn't work for us um and but the midfield can't give them the ball because they can't create tempo there's no there's no tempo in our play it's not quick it's not front to and when i say front to back quick i don't mean lump it i'm talking about forward passes three forward passes on the trot right. and and matty james yeah good player that he is and he's the only one of the eight players out of contract next season that i think about giving an extension he will slow the game uh, because it's, it's going backwards and sideways too much. We need to have more forward yeah. momentum in our play. Okay. Well, I know what my views are on the on the mid the midfield, um, and uh, we'll, we'll talk about that uh, later uh, as well. Mark, what? what was yeah, the point I mean, uh, just continue what Ian said. Manning said in his interview uh, or interviews that he were it was they they only had a few days with the team and they really concentrated on defensive shape. Rather than spending too too much time, uh, you know, with with attack with attacking ideas, I think all I'd say to that is, you know, players have responsibility to you know show some attacking intent, and they looked frightened to do that at times yesterday. They were looking along the line, I suppose, you know. Our our problem this season, the last couple of seasons, has been a lack of movement. But what you did see at the end of the game is when you put Taylor Garner Hickman in the two, Jason Knight could play could play further forward, and we looked so much more effective because you had a player who could bring the wingers into play. It was exciting to watch, yeah. and really, we should have scored from the chances. It was moving moving Knight to that holding role was a real tactical error. And yeah. I don't think he'll do that again. Well, I think it's, and I think mm -hmm. to some extent, 
it was just caused by we lost we lost all our midfielders, didn't we, to injury. So we only had we only had him left. You know, when James when James was out, you know, had him and, and another playing playing in the t- playing in the two. But he's not a defensive midfield player. He's so much more than that. But his defensive coverage, and I mentioned this pre podcast, there was one incident yesterday where um, where he covered Tanner and James when the ball was played behind him by Powell to Willock, and he got right behind the man and guided the ball out for a goal kick. He, he, you know, he's just got superb engine on him and we're very lucky to have him. But if we could have a, if we, if he could be free to play his natural game, which I think, you know, is, 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 is providing an attacking pivot, then we'll see the benefits of that. But then we've got to put, you're talking about, not, you're talking yeah, about Jason Knight, Knight, but then we've got to put the ball Mark. in the back of yeah. the net. And that's, a, that's something completely different. That's something we're fading to do as well. It's the lack of goals, two in five. Yeah. Well, we did, from Dick- we, we did finish. We did finish the game strongly. I've got here seventy-five minutes. Max, who I thought was competent in everything he did, you know, the punch that lay on didn't go as far as maybe he would have liked. But Max distributed the ball um, well to Sam Bell, um, and Sam's pass was uh, a little bit poor. Cornick got it tangled in his feet, and I blame the position of the pass rather than Harry Cornick. But uh, Knight shot over, and then. Taylor Gardner-Haskins, he had a shot that uh, went over the top as well. But another talking point in the game, and I think we got away with this one, 78 minutes, uh, Ian Viner on Armstrong. I've seen those given. What did you think? Yeah, it could have easily been given as a penalty, and I'm surprised Eltringham didn't because he's not a referee that does us any favour, is he? So, and with the standard of refereeing, I would say throughout the game in this country at the moment, um, because the comical thing for me is when these referees screw up in the Premier League, what they do, they send them down to us. So we, we get the sum total of all the incompetence. And there are some referees, I don't think Eltringham ever does Premier League games, does he? Um, Stroud's another that, one. <laughs> Stroud's yeah. another one. And, it, you know, all joking apart, um, I, I was surprised he didn't give it. Uh, to be honest, and when I saw it, it at first glance and in full speed, it just looked like a bit of what I call a coming together. But when I saw it from behind the goal and in close up, yeah, I, I've seen those given. If that's if we had VAR in the championship, that would go to VAR. Yeah, and they probably get the penalty. Well, we uh, I think we, we we played yeah. QPR a couple of seasons ago when we had that awful decision on you know when Scott was taken out. They got a penalty for a similar challenge. I think when Pring did a shoulder to shoulder on one of their players on the right side of the uh, area in front of yeah. the uh, the south stand, that 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 was a penalty. Um, it, it, it really yeah. he 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 lent. It, they they were racing for the ball, but he he pushed him he pushed him to the ground. But if you what you do, if he, if you fall down, the player's going down. You fall down with the player, then it looks like a coming together. If he'd have stood upright when he's doing that, and the player yeah. goes down, then the referee's going to think taking him out. But you you fall, yeah. you go you go with you go with the action and fall down 
and then you then you're more likely to nine times out of ten you'll get away with it. But uh, I mean, it was yeah. quite it was a little bit comparable with Pr with Pring's challenge on Smythe earlier in the half when he took him out on the right side and gave I mean he gave two free kicks away the second of which he got booked from because they were having that running battle and that was probably the highlight of the second half Smythe and Pring's you know uh, ding ding dong on the right Smythe got booked because he mm. because he because of dissent. Uh, from from you know uh, following Pring's challenges, but yeah, it was uh, Armstrong Sinclair should have got a penalty. And to be quite honest, let's face it: for all the penalties we're never given, I think we're due a bit of luck. But it could come back to haunt you yeah. if, if you get another one. So we were fortunate there. Yeah, as I saw, it was another situation where the referees behind the action and a bit a little bit like why Bannon mm. got sent off. Obviously, rescinded, although it didn't help them. They lost four 0 at home to Millwall. But if the referee's behind and sort of in line, different position to Bannon, yeah. obviously, but you can't see. And as Ian pointed out, when you see it from behind the goal and close up, you know, I, I well. But then we thought we had a penalty, Ian, um, a bit half-hearted, uh, 78 minutes, Knight and Sykes linking well as a combo on the right-hand side, put the ball in. Sam Bell claims he was pulled back. I think he was wishful thinking on his part, Ian. Would you agree with that? He could have well been pulled back. Um, you couldn't really see. Uh, to be honest, Dave. So I, I wouldn't say it definitely wasn't. Uh, it's happened to him a few times this season. There was an earlier incident at Ashton Gate. I can't remember who we were playing when he got, he did actually get pulled back and it was a clear penalty. Uh, but that is a, a symptom of the fact that he's not very strong um, and he hasn't got a, that much of a left foot. And that's something we lack. I mean, uh, what Tomo Boy said on the comments could Pringy play left wing uh, with Sykes on the right in a 4-4-2? He could, but who do you play left back? Because Roberts is still injured. And you'd have to do something like probably bring in Duncan Iden to play left back. So it, that's a possibility. Uh, I wouldn't like to see us try it that much. But I'll be honest, um, there's lots of things we could do with the formation where we could still maintain our back four. We could play a proper 4-3-3. We could play a, a four three one two, but however we do it, we've got to get two strikers on the field because what we're doing at the moment isn't working. And continuing doing it, you know, Einstein. It's not going to change. Uh, well, Einstein, change in, you know, if you keep doing what what you're doing, you're always going to get the same result. So, uh, yeah. and, and doing anything I mean, else is it, doing the same about, is madness. Yeah. yeah, as I see, it, I'll talk about what I was thinking in midfield, as you say, keep the back four intact as it is. Right. And I think, you know, it's heresy. It'll be heresy in some people's eyes, but you've made a very strong point earlier, Ian, about Matty James plays sideways and forwards. If you have a midfield, and this obviously assumes Naismith is fit, but if you have Taylor Gardner, Hickman, Knight, uh, Naismith to give even more creativity, and then Sykes playing that wide role, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's. That's your four. Then up front, I think Bobby lost and found and said Conway and Cornick up front as a two. That would work. I mean, I'll, I'll put that point to Mark and then I'll come back to you as well, Ian. You know, does that that midfield's got a bit of everything then, hasn't it? Because you've got the the more enterprising and um, energetic Taylor Gardner Hickman in for Matty James and, you know, Naismith for the creativity, creativity and um, Knight for those bursts of speed that. Sadly, uh, Vyman's not showing yeah. any of that. <laughs> There's one player we haven't even talked about who should be available in the, in the next few weeks. Where do you play Rob Atkinson? 
Rob Atkinson, you can't play him in a four because you you you'd have to you'd have to drop Viner or Dickey. So where does he feature? It'll have to be from the it'll be from the bench to begin with. But if you have him starting regularly, you can't drop you can't drop Dickey, you can't drop Viner. Does that mean we revert to a we revert to a back three? Possibly possibly well, yeah. And that's possibly, a good possibly yeah, Man's possibly over t- possibly over time you, you, you might want to play those those uh, in a in a back three. Um, where where do you play Cal Naismith? Cal Naismith played as a, as a centre back, and people have reminded me that he's never played in in midfield. He's either played on the left side or or played in defence. I think you could play him in you could play him in front of the defence. Um, you know, is in a in a, in a perhaps in a in a three four three as as one of the, as one of the four, or you could you. I think that's the only place you could you could play him because of his his passing ability, definitely. But then he can't play in the back four. So where do you play him? And I was surprised he didn't get on the pitch yesterday. Oh well, I don't think Naismith should be anywhere near the back four. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, he's a, a last wide. man centre back. He's good on the floor, good anticipating the game. He only suffers when he's playing against big strikers because he gets under the ball, and he gets beat, he gets beaten in the air far too often on the ground. He's he's excellent, but I think he he should be playing just in front, just in front of the back forward in a perhaps in a defensive position where he can see can see everything in in front of him. He's not the last man, so he could he could play that what James is playing at the moment. But we've got to, uh, I think we've got to play we've got to play two either. We play four four one three four one three two, but we got to have some combination with a front right. two because we got nobody who can play a lone striker role. Nobody who's effective enough in the club. Right. Ian, you're coming in next. Just want to say what Matthew Seward has said on the text feed. What a play! What about playing Knight out wide? That's a position that he played, I believe, for Derby County more than once. And the other thing about Naismith, I've seen enough of Naismith when he's at the back with errors, certainly last season, you know, where he's a liability back there. Yeah. And I think you could have Taylor, Gardner Hickman and Naismith in front of maybe the back four. But, you know, we're, we'll talk about transfers in a minute. Ian, you were going to make a point uh, there just a moment ago. Well, there, there's two team formations I looked at that would be possible. And uh, there is a 4-3-1-2 where you've got, your width. Some people could look at it and say, "Where's the width come from?" The width comes from your fullbacks. So your fullbacks from left to right are Pring, Dicky, Viner, and Sykes. In front of them, in midfield, from left to right, once again are Naismith, James, Taylor, Gardner, Hickman. In front of them, in the ten position, if you call it that, is Knight. And then up front, you at the moment with with Wells injured, you've got Cornick and Conway. The the other thing you could do if you wanted to be uh, more experimental. And Manning has played various times with a three. You could play a three-four-one-two. So your back three are Viner, from left to right are Atkinson, Dickey, and Viner. Then from left to right, in front of them, uh, Pring, Taylor, Gardner, Hickman, James, and Sykes. Uh, you could actually go Naismith as instead of one of those if you wanted to. And in front of them, the same three. You've got Knight. Conway and Cornick. So you don't need to break what's what's right at the moment, which is the back four, um, unless you have to. And you can include, uh, if you've got the other th- great thing with Atkinson and Naismith coming into the team, you've got more height. So 
they're a bit better in the air and you can pose a threat in in or do better in both penalty areas but that touch wood doesn't seem to be a real problem for us at the moment so i mean night in uh, the last six or six or seven games he played for derby he actually played in four at least four different positions he played uh right wing back left center midfield left wing um right center midfield the, the strangely the position he didn't play enough and that's and derby fans said this was where he's playing for us breaking up play in our uh, final third and winning the ball back in the same way that marvin elliott used to do so that's his best position hopefully liam manning learned that from yesterday's game and hopefully that's where he'll play him so we don't we don't need to be a thousand percent experimental and play with seven up front or something like that but we just need to get everybody in their best position but the key thing for me keep the back four but play with two strikers and there's you know you don't have to play uh three at the back to play with two strikers no, but Andy Vyman doesn't get in any of the lineups you or Mark or me have been talking about. And as somebody else said on one of the feeds yesterday, Andy Vyman, sadly, this season is like Chris Martin was last yeah. season. So, gas heads, that's next stop. You could have the other part of the, uh, you could have two thirds of our very successful WSM uh, combination. And I just got this horrible feeling with this bunch of muppets over there that they're going to sneak into the playoffs and that'll be a disaster if they come up don't because, don't uh, don't don't care know, i'll tell you what i'll tell you we haven't, who we haven't mentioned as well <laughs> and he's injured of course is uh is joe williams um break breaking up yeah who? exactly yeah. i mean break breaking up play he could play he could play in, in the defensive mid midfield role i mean strangely enough there was a couple of games last season Rotherham away and I think West Brom away where he was making those he was making those runs from deep ahead of the ball and scoring goals but we never we never see that no. at home uh never saw that at home because maybe it was because teams sat in and he just didn't get the chance to do that but where you know where where does he fit? and he's out of contract he is out of contract yeah, in the I, summer what isn't I think he, we Joe? want is so. I think mo a lot of fans were surprised by, that the team had those nine days off in the last international break. What we'd hope would do, and I'm sure what will happen, is that uh, Manning will have him in every day. He's very much about having individual player plans, KPIs, you know, uh, uh, if 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 you like, um, and you know, intent, intense coaching with the team, and that he'll instill some confidence and a better game plan for when we come back and play Middlesbrough. So we will have time to make adjustments. He will have time to work on the attacking side yeah. of the game. Um, I think, hopefully, I don't know where Naki Wells Wells is. He, he, maybe he'll be fit. He'll be, be able to come back on the bench in a couple of weeks' time because we've got to start scoring goals. Yeah. I think we well, scored, what, 15? Well, 15, we have. 15, we've scored 15, I think we scored 15 score. goals in 16 games now. Now, look at last season. We scored 16 goals in eight in our first eight games. Yeah, That's the yeah. difference. I think this thing about Naki. I think this thing about Naki coming back. You got to bear in mind he's a player that scored. What is it? One, maybe two. Yeah, goals but he does. He do, the thing is, he does. He does. The thing is, he does know. You know how to, how to run run lines, and he's quite a he's quite a clever player. But he yeah. only functions well in a two as well. He can't play in a lone striker. Every player. 
this season has suffered from playing in that lone striker role because it just doesn't work. They're, yeah. just, they're just not good enough. But also, the, the, the ball, they're just not getting any service yeah. for, okay. you know, um, because the way the players play behind them. Yeah. Dave Fevs has said on there, uh, why are we questioning the medical team? Do we not look the fittest team we had in years? Um, I don't think we've criticised the medical team in today's uh, episode. No, I, I thought think... we looked incredible. I thought we looked very fit. I mean, the level, level of the pressing was, was great. Yeah. At the start, and I think we will start. We, we will and start. We're not, and we're not believing the propaganda coming out from our. No, I'm not. I'm, it's expert. not. It's not that. I what. I what. It's what. Not... what it, it was just about. It was just about confidence. I think there was a lack of confidence in 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 the players yesterday. The lack of confidence to get forward defensively. I thought we were excellent, and we you could see if we how fit we were because how strongly we finished. That was that was that came from the fitness. So no, I wouldn't say there was any problem with fitness. Yeah. Mark, uh, Ian, sorry, what were you going to say there? To answer Dave's latest point, we we shouldn't have nine days off. Um, and I doubt very much if Liam Manning would allow that. If it, if it was me, I'd have everybody back in Tuesday. I'd give them an extra day. They can have the Sunday and the, the Monday off, get them in Tuesday, and then work on all the things they need to work on. Yeah. Um, fitness was a positive. We finished strongly. Um, the we we've done what we didn't do right in the first sort of thirty minutes. We've done that to death. The reason the medical team have had criticism is the number of injured players, and that's probably might be one of the reasons that um, Dave Rennie's gone. I don't know. We don't know if he uh, if he was sacked. Or he said, well, I've had enough of this. Nigel's I think he went, I brought... think he's worked with a guy for 25 years. I think there's a bit of that in there. And the injuries... Sorry. We've still got eight out. Yeah, we have. Right? So, so and, 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 let's, let's not say we've cured sorry, let me just the injury situation. I was chatting to a Brentford fan. I was chatting to a Brentford fan the other day. And they've got... There seems to be a lot more volume of players injured and being out for longer yeah. periods. I mean, look what's happened. Yeah, Alex, Newcastle. Scott. Alex Scott was out for six months and now he's done another knee. It looks a fairly innocuous challenge, what I saw there. And it's uh, he's going to be out for months. Now, don't think it's an ACL, is it? And is there an MCL type injury? But, you know, it's we, we're trying to dig down into things that, that we don't know. Although saying that, when... We were also, both of you were saying, and maybe I said as well, you know, Liam has had a chance to, hasn't had much of a chance to look at the squad. I mean, it's not like everybody cleared off, right? To say to him, look, Andy Vyman's legs have gone, you know, and so and so is not playing that great. You know, he should, there are people like Cissé and Mountain there in the background that could say, oh, are you sure you want to do that? Yeah. So, I'm Tinian. And, and Tinian, I mean, what, you know, I mean, we we said there was alleged interference. Andy, is Andy King injured, by the way, chaps, or not? Yeah, he did his yeah. hamstring he is, again. He is again. Can I just ask a question? Because hmm. Dave, Dave's had asked this in, in the chat. And I said the players had nine, well, the clubs, the, I think John Lansdowne alluded to the fact that the, that, that, uh, one of Nigel Pearson's problems was that the players were given nine days off over the international break. Can we just clear that up? I don't think that maybe wasn't correct. Obviously, the player would have their individual fitness plan, so they they did keep fit. What 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 is the what was the story on this? Can we just clear this up once and for all? Apologies. 
the players the players went away for either nine days or ten days in the two international breaks. They came back yeah, for the yeah. Wednesday before the commentary came. That's the bloody problem. Right. They were off that length but of time. The thing is, if you're going to work on things like, I mean, Manning would, would need to have him in. I would think he can do what he wants. He's the head coach. But Manning will need to have him in because there's a lot of stuff he needs to work on. Um, and John Lansdowne, what was the phrase he used? Unconditioned. Um, no, no, he, no, that was one thing he said. But what was the phrase he, he used? Unheard of. He said that teams having that amount of time off during the international breaks. I'm not talking about the players that go away on the international breaks. I'm talking about um, the players that are left behind, if you will. And he said it was unheard of. Now, he, he must have been talking with somebody to, or is, is it, did he mean unheard of at Bristol City? Or did he mean unheard of? because I've been talking to uh, the chairman at 10 other clubs. He'd have to explain that. But he felt there was a danger of the players coming back unconditioned. Now, it's the same when they go to internationals. Uh, Callum O'Dowder was a classic. He used to, you know, he, he would be like injured, injured, injured. International game comes up, up like Lazarus from his sickbed. Off he'd go to the international and lo and behold, he'd come back injured. So, and some of our players, I think it was Max and Mark Sykes, didn't play for Ireland. It was Knighty played two whole games. So as far as, far as, my, as my memory serves me. So, look, it would be up to Liam Manning to know, to, to know what time off the players get and to get them in. And he will have a lot of training sessions. He can have double sessions in a day if he wants. Say, right, this is what we're going to do against Borough. He'll have a chance to speak to his analysts about how the Borough play, how do they set up strengths, weaknesses, et cetera, et cetera. And then he'll be able to say, right, so we're going to set up this way. Now, we don't know if, for example, Naki might be back. We don't know. Um, yeah. So, so we need uh, the, the players uh, that... Assuming that the the usual suspects, Max didn't get picked in the Ireland squad this time, so you'll have Sykes in night going away. Uh, Anis Mimetti, if, if uh, is it? Well, night, uh, Dave, Dave has just said it. And sorry, Dave has just said we will be missing Knight, Sykes, Conway, and Bell. I'm not bothered about Mimetti. So as Davis said, he is restricted into how much he can do. Because getting back, he did that's say, sorry, Ian, let me that's what the under twenty that's what the under twenty ones are for. So you can play eleven against eleven in, and you yeah, but if you're still imparting knowledge, you can still do eleven against eleven, but there's key players that yeah. won't be getting the message. Now he did say in his post somebody asked him in the post match presser, what are you doing in the international break? And he said it's going to be a mix of rest, physical and tactical now we know nothing yeah. for me right if if that international break in october where they finished on the 7th they didn't come back until the wednesday before the coventry game that might explain why the opening half of that game was so crap because they were leggy what i think would make sense is to say to the lads right you can have until thursday off right so give them that extended break at the beginning part of it and then get them in Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday off, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, leaving up to the Borough game. So you've given them a break. You've given them a weekend experience. They could even have a practice 11 against 11 on a Sunday up at the training ground. Yeah. And then, 
you'd have a full normal week's training in readiness for the Borough game because that's going to be a tough game. They turn Leicester. The point, the, the, the point, the point is that you'll be in, you'll have much more time to prepare most of the players um, than he's had over the last couple of days. Yeah. yeah? So we should see something more like what he wants to do. But I agree with the earlier point. Looking five games time, by that time he's had a really good look at the players. Uh, I don't know when the next international break is after this one. March, um, March of twenty something. It always is. It's right. Okay. Season. So he's got. He's, he's he's then got. He hasn't got the uh, benefit. I think it is this time or the um, detriment of the international break to contend with until March. So off he goes. Um, and, and I think we should see something uh, more. Um, we should see something better against Middlesbrough, uh, especially at home. Well, one would hope so. It should be a good game. I mean, Liam said, Manning said they're in Monday to Thursday this week. So that's a more detailed version of what uh, I was mooting. And then Matt Moore said, I think we're discussing what well, we are. Matt, and rather stupidly, not you. We're discussing an area none of us know anything about. It is literally all conjecture. Mark, well, only because of what John Lansdowne said. Yeah, Mark, you're. Yeah, I just, I it. just think this to sum it all up. I think it's a blessing for Manning that he's going to get those two, those two weeks, because the because you know with forty six games in the championship. After that, it's Middlesbrough, Southampton away. Then Norwich at home. Norwich, who in particularly poor run of form, but the games come thick and fast. He's fortunate he's getting these two weeks. Players will be fitter. Some players would have been carrying niggles, so they'll be able to they'll be able to recuperate. And hopefully, players like uh, Naki Wells will become av available uh, in the past a proven championship score. But we know he's a clever player, so he will have the benefit of that and the benefit of working with the players that are available for two full weeks. So yeah, I fully expect a much better performance against Middlesbrough. And it's something fans should look forward to. Not, but I mean, I think the problem is. Because of the changeover, fans fans still are, are, are really worrying that we've gone from one extreme to the other. And you know what's going to come next? Yeah, I mean that batch of three games that come up after the international break. I mean it, it's a bit premature, maybe, but they could shape our season. I mean we are sat there today, four points off the playoffs. But if you look, that is off of sixth. Then there's a gap starting to you know, open up just a little bit. Before we say anything else, I'd just like to mention uh, an evening with Jeff Twentyman and Gary Hours. This is one of uh, several such events. They're obviously turning into the uh, Saint and Greasy of the uh, local media scene. An evening with Jeff Twentyman and Gary Hours. The first one of these is on Thursday, November the 30th at the Sartang Club, 7 o'clock till 10, 15 quid for two pints and a pie. I don't know how they're going to make any money out of that as individuals talking, but uh, it should be a good listen. For those of you that don't know, I certainly didn't, don't know where the Sartan Club is. It's at Queen's Road in Bishopsworth in Bristol, but they are going around other pub venues. And it won't just be those two guys because they can talk. They're going to have other guests with them uh, as well. So uh, good luck with that, Jeff, and uh, one of our contributors on here. Uh, occasionally Gary, so good luck with that. Um, Mark, I'll sit with you, ask Ian as well what his thoughts are. Uh, Liam Manning said after the game that, no, that's it as far as his backup and support staff. Um, 
But this week he made quite a crucial, is it a crucial signing in a coach analyst? Mark, your thoughts on that, first of all. I mean, he went from Arsenal to Oxford. He didn't go from Arsenal to here. So why did he go from Arsenal to Oxford? And I can understand why he came from Oxford here, because we are a bigger club than them. But what do we know about this analyst coach? I don't know. What what does an analyst coach do? <laughs> Tell me, I'm intrigued. All right, Ian. Is he, is he there to is he there to to analyze the, the team? Is he an, is he a number is he a number cruncher? Where where does he where does he sit in in the in in the uh, in the coaching structure? And I mean, but I mean, coach uh, analysts coaches move around all the time. Um, you know, Mikhail Arteta might have wanted to recruit another person. He may have wanted to leave for personal reasons. People move jobs all of the time. It doesn't necessarily mean just because they move to a league two, league league two, two, two league one team that there's any any issue. Well, he was at, he was at Arsenal for eight years prior to going to Oxford, and he's not been at Oxford very long. I mean, that was an interesting. It's an interesting job title, Ian, isn't it? Analyst coach or coach analyst? What do you think of that? Yeah, one 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 would think he he gets he might work with individual players. In terms of right, let's let's take a look at how we can get another five percent out of Jason Knight. Let's see, uh, let's look at the setup. There's all sorts he can do, and then he might move onto the grass to um, help a player improve. I mean, a, a player that we've all said needs a lot of improvement is Anis Mameti. So perhaps he could take a personal interest, do do a lot of analysis. Why isn't he performing? Because we all know he's not. And he doesn't look as good as when he first arrived at the club. So whoever's been coaching him up to now hasn't developed him as a player. In fact, if anything, he's regressed, in, in my opinion. And I can only base it on what I see uh, on a Saturday, normally, as a fan. Um, so uh, I, I think we're, um, you know, if he, if he needs the guy around him, and they've all got their, you know, people they've worked with for years, bit like friends and family in it you take people with you to do certain jobs that you trust and you will inherit some very good people when you go to different clubs so it's, it's just a matter of building up um building up a backroom staff that works for you it'd be interesting to see for example if we replace um dave rennie or we we say well no we'll go with what we've got we'll go with andy proctor and co um so let let's see because uh, I think I'm right in saying that Dave Rennie did a lot of the medicals as well. He um, did. He was often featured in the... Uh, he was showing players yeah. around the HPC, but doing all their tests and everything like that. When we started, we saw that several times with uh, with new players that came in. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think, I mean, uh, on the, the feed, David Shelton's, uh, Shelton sorry, has made a, a good point. Uh, says, I'm, I'm not expecting any real change in the way we play until January. Anyone expecting a bounce... From a team that was playing at the limit of the available squad is going to be disappointed and I, I think that's a that's a reasonable point and it depends how quickly um a we get some of the missing players fit and and b how liam manning um and uh his, his assistant mr hogg um chris if, hogg. if he can chris hogg, chris hogg if he can uh, impart their ideas and get them over, because that takes a while. But it, you know, if if you look at the impact different managers can make with the same players, and you look at top level people, you know, look at what Unai Emery's done 
at Villa. Look what Eddie Howe did at Newcastle. So well, look what Steve it can Cooper be done. Nottingham Forest last season. Chris Cooper at Nottingham Forest. Steve it Cooper. can be done. It 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 can. Steve Cooper, sorry, it can be done. Um, so let's hope we have that kind of effect. And when people say, "Oh well, uh, there's no money available in January," John Lansdowne didn't exactly say that. But the other thing that Liam Manning might be able to do is bring in some decent loans that we well, haven't we been know. doing over the years. And that, you know, three three decent loan players could make a massive difference to our team. So yeah. let's be a little bit hopeful about uh, uh, about that if he needs to do it. Mark, do you, I mean, I, I'd, I'd like that to happen, but as I say, you know, we know nothing. Mark, um, the chairman, he says, we have a top six squad, right? And we're within four points of that at the moment. A comment on the thread earlier. He, he's deluded, isn't he? Really? Yeah. The, well, yeah. I, I suppose deluded is a bit far to go, but if the, the the you know the proof of the puddings in the eating. So what what was on show yesterday showed you our deficiencies again. Same thing against Sheffield Wednesday. Exactly why we won't compete for a top six. The fact that we're four points away from the playoffs shows you what a poor division it is, apart from the top top clubs. And I think maybe Leicester will get reined in a little bit. And you think Ipswich might might slow down, although they've had a brilliant season, considering they came up from from uh, League One last season with 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 virtually the, the same squad. Uh, what yeah. they've done is it was in, is incredible. Well, they're uh, level on po- they're level on points with Leicester now. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's absolutely it's absolutely. Season. So this yeah, isn't. The season's old enough now, Mark, isn't it, for this not but to yeah, be? But yeah, we're just we're, yeah. Despite despite us being four points off the playoffs, where we, we've only scored fifteen goals in sixteen games, we haven't got uh, our strikers are, are out of, are out of form. We we're not capable of uh, of giving them chances to score. Uh, we we look we can we look we we can in attack in attacking areas. That's something we need to work on, and something we can work on. So in, until we start start scoring goals, until we start entertaining. We're not playing any entertaining no. football at all. But we were solid yesterday. That was a good thing. We didn't concede a goal. Dickie and, and Viner have been outstanding. I think our best player this season by a mile has been Jason Knight. Um, but he needs to, he, he needs to be to be freed up yeah. to to get to get go in uh, in goal in goal scoring in goal scoring areas until we start scoring goals we're not going to even we're, we're going we're, no, we're, I mean, like I said it, that that game yesterday looked like two two relegation threats well I don't think one. I don't think we're going to even flirt with relegation but I'm looking at the no. table as we speak no I think we now, can pull a, we can we, we can pull up we can pull away and I think Manning will get the team playing football yeah. but the next three it's, games are are quite pivotal because in the same way that we're four points off the playoffs, and that's sixth because sixth is Sunderland on 26. It then goes Preston 28 and Southampton 30. So we're yeah. eight points off of fourth, right? So we're one of a clutch of clubs from Preston in fifth, I would say, down to Norwich in 16th, you know, that would think they can get one of the playoff places, but four points off the playoffs. We could easily lose the next two games, we, Middlesbrough we, at home. Well, we could easily and, win. And we just don't fact, know. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm just saying Middlesbrough, I mean, look at, looking at the form, Middlesbrough at home and uh, Southampton away, we could, OK, let's, we yeah. could easily lose those two games. And, and, and what Put I'm saying there is then Birmingham, well. who are uh, having a shit season now under uh, Wayne uh, 
Wayne Rooney, but Birmingham... Yeah, one, one point in from five games, isn't it? Birmingham are in 19th, Swansea in 17th. They're both on. They're both only three points behind us. And, you know, we're in that... The next three games will determine whether we're in well, we that... Need, what we need to do, 17th. we need... If we can start... We, we need uh, to, to win a few games back-to-back, -back, but we haven't won two games all season. I think last season, we only won two games in a row right near the end. You no, know, we're 32 because, games since we won two games back-to-back. Yeah, that's the problem. We can't win two games in a row. For, we're for in that unenviable table in fifth place, it was last weekend, where it goes, I think it's Forest, Green Rovers, Rotherham, Shrewsbury, Everton, and, and then us. Um Mark, um, mess around a bit. I said, Lansdowne didn't say top 10 squad. He said top 10 budget with enough about us to outperform that level. I mean, it's a little bit of a play on words there, isn't it? You know, I mean, I use the term deluded in terms of his expectation. Mark said that was too strong. I think you might agree with me. Deluded is the right word. Yes or no? Yeah, I think... It, it, no, it, sorry, it, it, I meant me, Ian. Sorry, Ian. No. I don't think he's, he's deluded. If everyone is fit and on form, we've got a top 10 squad. Um, could it overachieve? Yeah. But everyone would have to play really well. And for that to happen, we can't do the everyone stay fit bit. And then somebody's going to come on and say, well, nobody ever does. OK, then you have to allow for that. And the two ways you allow for it is you have a slightly extended squad or you say, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to bring the under 21s um, through um, and they will play in their best position. So if you lose a left centre back, you don't shift camp, bring in one and play Aidan Roberts at left back. You bring in Idahan, Arroyo, Campbell Slowey or Knight LaBelle to play in their favoured position, if if that's the way you're going to go about it. So that that's what I think we, we have in terms of top 10 wage budget. If you look at our wage budget, when the accounts come out in a few weeks, you won't see a huge change from the year before, because the bit people forget is that when players left, they left in that accounting period. So we've still got at least a proportion of their wages it will be the set of accounts after that so instead of our 22 23 accounts it'll be the 23 24 where you see the real cut in the wage budget so um yeah i i think to say we could go top six the way we're playing at the moment is is ridiculous but in terms of the quality of the squad if we and i keep coming back to it if we can keep the vast majority of the key players fit, then it's a top 10 squad and we could push for the playoffs. Because as Mark yeah. said, it's not the division. I thought it'd be a really, really difficult division this year. But what's happening is that some of the bottom clubs seem to me, I mean, we're 11 points clear of relegation at the moment. The bottom clubs seem to be getting cut adrift. But some of the ones at the top seem to be moving clear. So that leaves an awful lot in that middle area, I'll call it the middle area, where they think, blimey, if we could win two or three on the trot, we'll that's do it. this. But that's, 15, equally, that's that 15 clubs, Ian. Yeah, if you say yeah, the top four, it is. And, and they'll all have that hope, and I'm sure they've all got injuries.
but ARAs have been ongoing for a long time. So whatever happens, that that needs to be sorted out and investigated. And if it's something that, oh, well, that's just the way it is, there's nothing you can do about it, then the only way around it is the two things I've said, the bigger squad or rely even more heavily on the under 21s. Yeah. Simply, I can't and see another not naming a full bench yesterday seems a little bit of a silly move because you know well, you not, could... not naming of it, it could tell you that that he's had a look and he doesn't think the quality is there or he wants to see some of the under 21s don't want them on the bench but I think he'll spend a, a decent amount of time I don't know if we've got any under 21 games over the next couple of weeks no, I don't but know. I think he'll spend a decent amount of time looking at them to see who may be uh, available for the step up because we keep talking about how good our um how good our academy is and we've brought players through so it, it's there's a, a point at which they either have to go out on loan to a decent club somebody in league one league two or they have to come through in our in our team and mm. So, so those are the two alternatives I can see. But you need to believe in one, one way or the other. Yeah. Come January, you've got the loan market open again, and there will be some good players available. So, and there's players if, coming if, back. I mean, I'm itching to see McCrory play. You know, and and I mean, yeah. again, you know, do we? You know, would it be that bad a thing going back to a, a a back three? You know, there's lots of options. Right, I just want to wrap up now, Mark. Any sort of final thoughts from you i mean it's an interesting two weeks and then an interesting eight day period with those three games because that can determine whether we're in the top part of that middle group or we're slipping into the bottom half what are your thoughts and you know over the next what are you going to be thinking about city over the next 10 days or going to put them to the back of your mind Period. Um, I'll be. I think we'll be, we'll be uh, watching interviews with Liam Manning that will be floating across the uh, Robbins TV, and we'll be absorbing what he said. But don't t read too much in, into his demeanour. He's probably a little bit more like Sean O'Driscoll, and he's a coach, and he talks, you know, like a textbook coach, uh, because that's what he, what he's done for the last seven years. Lived, breathed, and and, and, and has eaten the co the coaching manual, and has, Eight, has in, eight, put that eighteen on, on years. Eight, well, 17, 18 years. That's what it, that that's what he's done. So yeah. what I, I I what I'll accept he'll do because you know from what I've read about him, he's a workaholic. He'll be doing his damnness, him and Chris Hogg and his team, to get the players ready for the Middlesbrough game. And I am sure that we'll see a much better performance on the pitch from that team. There'll be a great crowd there. Yeah. Uh, plenty of fans will come from the northeast. Uh, and it'll be it'll be a fantastic night, and I just hope we give we give the fans some some entertaining football and get at least a draw because I think that'll be a fantastic result against a team. That really Saturday, did, you say, did you say a fantastic night? Is it? It's it's a three o'clock kickoff, isn't it? Or is well, it a, yeah. I mean, well, well, the game. Well, I know, really I know, high. it's confusing yeah, this so, time of year. And yeah, it's yeah, dark. yeah, right, yeah, yeah. But I mean, it, what? Yeah, <laughs> what I mean. I'll speak in. I'll speak in figuratively. Sorry. So yeah. we just don't. We give give the we give the fans something, something to uh, you know, something to to go home happy about. I mean, you can even even if you lose the game in an entertaining entertaining game and we score a few goals, I think the fans will go home happy if they've if they've seen that oh. because at Aston game. I think. We've, I think. Well, no, you know. I mean, what I'm 
what no what i mean no, is i if agree we, if i we, agree if, Look, if we if, if we were competitive on the pitch we go toe-to-toe with one of the league's best teams if we got narrowly beaten in a high scoring game and we look like we we turned the corner in terms of of uh, making ashton gate you know a, a place you want to go to watch entertaining football uh, then I think we'd be, we'd be pleased. Well, the key but thing we wanted, we've, seen Dross, we've seen Dross there, haven't we, yeah. this season? The key thing about Carrick's Middlesbrough is that if we beat them, we leapfrog them. I wouldn't call them one of the leading teams. I mean, they were based on last seasons, but that'll be a... Well, they started, they, like, like, last, like last season, they started off awful, didn't they? But they yeah. they, they, they just they, they won about five or six games on the, on the trot. Uh, and they, they, I mean, even after uh, uh, after losing Chubak, Pom, players like Cameron Archer, who, who went from Villa to Sheffield United, they had a handful of lone players. All those, all those cleared out. So they brought new new players in. Took a bit of time to bed to bed in, and they're really showing their strength now, where you'd expect them to be challenging for the top end. So we might, yeah, be leapfrogging them. But I think they are one. Of the, they are one of the better teams in this division, and they will challenge for the playoffs. You'd expect that so uh it'll be a very tough game but not one we can't get something out of this uh, let's see what happens let's see where we go ian your final thoughts and uh mark's usual optimism uh use optimism there i mean we don't want to be i i, I want to win against borough draw absolute minimum because if we lost that southampton's not going to be easy and then it's a pressure game for norwich who might have a new manager Although uh, David Wagner won yesterday, I believe, so he's got a stay of execution. But uh, next three games, you know, he's 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 not he's not going to get an easy ride from some people. Manning is he? Well, he's not. But you go into these games. You what you don't do is what we've done on a number of occasions over the last three or four years. You go into games and you hear this glorious expression, "free hit," right? Hate it. You go into every game and try and win it. Mm. Um, you don't come up with this, well, we're Bristol City, we're not really worthy, we haven't got parachute payments. Sick and tired of it. Go out and win the game. And go out and go out and try to win the game. Play attacking front what exactly what's been said on the tin. Attacking front foot, high pressing football. Now, if we got the fitness. We can do it for 90 minutes or biggest part of, or you can do it for long enough to get two or three goals up and then you can sit back. And I'm not saying relax, but you don't need to be pressing quite as high and pressing quite as much because the game's over. So that's what I'm expecting. I'm expecting to see. I'm expecting to see the attacking front foot football. We know we're solid. Pearson's made us solid. He also stopped us scoring goals. I mean, Mark talks about the season before when we got, 16 goals in the first eight games and then they completely and utterly dried up to below a goal a game so that is something that we we haven't had that i'll call it a balance um and we haven't been a a goal scoring team since the wsm broke up Mm. and they really had one one top season didn't they so let's uh let's be i'm hopeful that given the time he's got with the players and possibly with some of the injured players returning, we know that um, Eamon Benaroos and Rob Atkinson have been back on the grass for a while and they were joining in full training the other day. So let's at least hope for a much stronger bench when we when we take the field against Middlesbrough. But I don't want to, I really don't want to see the 4-2-3-1 formation again because it, it, 
you know, we just need to put our hands up and say, well, it works for some teams. It's not working, not for, working us. for us. No. Um, and, and let's get the two strikers in and, and let's try and, and, and be more on the front foot because yeah. we haven't been... We we don't look like scoring goals, and we're not. We haven't been exciting. Let's let's tell okay. the truth. So right. so let let's hope it's a, a lot better against Middlesbrough. And given that a bit, he's got a lot more time. Let's let's hope that it it all happens. And let's hope we see something. I mean, if uh, Vyman and yeah. Matty start, I'll be very surprised. Q. Vyman getting a brace of goals because when he does score, Andy Vyman, he does get them in glitches. So I hope for his own personal career sake and obviously for the club as well that maybe he does come back but uh, both of those as Ian and Mark have both said you know um, Manning must have learned that he shouldn't really start the next game with either of those two uh, in there somebody said something rather uh, concerning was that you know we worked to budgets and you know could we send Taylor Gardner Hickman back on loan back to West Brom and free up the million pounds that is the agreed sum there I, I hope that doesn't happen because over the last uh, few weeks, Taylor Gardner-Hickman, I'm giving him his proper name now, he looks a really promising uh, addition to the squad. Yeah? I think that would be an utterly, utterly daft thing to do. Yeah, it would. But, you know, well, if that, anything like that happened, it would be utterly madness. I'd like yes, to see some uh, loans. I'd like to see some loans come in as well. I don't know if there's anybody at Oxford that he might try and pull up, but... Uh, you know, it's lifting people from League One into this level. You know, are, is this season a work in progress? Have we just got to accept where we are? You know, and if we finish... No. Tenth, no, should no. we? But, you know, but some people, you know, Ian, there's that group of people say, oh, I'll be happy with mid-table championship side. Yeah, And a lot of people are happy, are absolutely content with championship football and will be content they'll go down there and they'll buy a season ticket for the next 10 years. And I think the thing is them. we'd like to see... Good luck to them, but that yeah, ain't me. We'd like to see attractive championship football and flirting with the playoffs and scoring goals and winning games 3-2 or losing them 3-2. But well, there's, they... no, there's, there's no reason, David, if you get the, if you get the recruitment right, big thing, you get you, you, you get a style and you get the players to, to do, put that into action on the pitch. You've seen it at other clubs, haven't spent a lot of money. You can do it. Why can't yeah. we? Well, so there you go. Um, Why can't Ipswich we do it? Town, yeah. Ipswich yeah. Town being Luton based. Town, Barnsley. Currently, look at Ipswich. Yeah, because yeah. even, you know, Mark, I, you know, I've been a, we've all been critics of Mark Ashton, but he's been controlled up there. He's not been given the keys to the bank, maybe like happened here. But Ipswich, and, that ain't no fluke there up there. And... They, they took a chance. They got Kieran McKenna, who'd been an assistant yeah. manager, good CV, worked his way up, never managed a club before. Lots of Ipswich fans would have said, even in League One, you know, a yeah. team who've won who've won European Cups. Remember, they won the UEFA Cup. I know it was in 1981, but they they have they've actually won cups, even if they come if even if they are the country cousins from East Anglia, yeah. they'd have gone sniffily. Kieran, who? Look yeah. where they are now. They yeah. stuck with him. Yeah. Look what he's done. And like they, we'd have done if we'd have gone foreign. And what would we have thought if we'd have ended up with that Figuentes or whatever his name is? Uh, Marta, Marta uh, Sifuentes, yeah. Sifuentes, yeah. What I mean, if we'd had Roberto De Zerbe, who's at Brighton? Yeah. yeah. Even another bloke. What's know, he ever done? I know. It just shows, isn't it? Exactly. The luck of the game. Anyway, everybody, thanks everybody who's uh, listening. The audience building. We're getting lots of subscribers on YouTube, so thanks for that. 
Uh, thanks for your comments as well. Yeah, you know, but mainly positive. I know I've got the ready break look. I'm going to get rid of that background picture on uh, here. I'm not going off for uh, my ready break now. I've already had some. Uh, we, some... we, it would be nice though yeah. if we, you know, if you mention if you mention things things enough. Uh, then you know you might you might get supported. Years ago, there was about Janice Joplin because she spent so much time. I think it was with with Southern Comfort. She she basically she was selling bottles on her own for just appearing bits so so often. So if you mention Ready Breck enough, David, you might find one day you go outside your front door and there might be a van with with you, boxes. You never know. And I'm you. looking at your shoe collection behind Mark. I don't I don't know whether you wear those pink trainers. I don't know whether they. Uh, yeah, the, not the wearing, amount not, of Marcus of YouTube. Yeah. Yeah, that's really, anyway, yeah. Anyway, let's call it a day there. Let's call it a Sunday. Have a good international break, everybody. Don't take too much time off. We want you back and uh, ready for November the 25th. But thanks, everybody, for watching. All the best to you all. Cheers. Bye now. God bless all. Bye bye. Bye bye. I'm feeling happy today. Gonna put my cares in a whistle. Blow them all away. What if I've been unlucky? Really, I ain't got a thing. There's a time I always feel happy, as happy as a king. When the red, red robin comes bob, bob, bobbing along, along. There'll be no more sobbing when he starts throbbing his old sweet song. Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead. Get up, get up, get out of bed. Cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red. Live, love, laugh and be happy. What if I've been blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers. Rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours. I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song. When Richard Robbins are ba ba bobbing along. Red, red robin comes bob, bob, bobbing along, along. There'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his old sweet song. Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead. Get up, get up, get out of bed. Cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red. Live, love, laugh and be happy. What if I've been blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers. Rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours. I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song. When the red, red robin starts bobbing along. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you still the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. All the McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? Our participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and time supply. See McDonald's.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.